I'm Gracie. And I'm Kaylee. And this is Sinister Sofa Talk. This case is super interesting and it has a bunch of updates on Patty's daughter Suzanne's Facebook called Patty's Voice. So please take a look at Patty's Voice on Facebook and support Suzanne Timms in finding the truth about her mom's disappearance. Patty was born August 4th, 1952 in Lewiston, Idaho, so she is a Leo. And there's not a lot of information on Patty's life before she went missing, but some information from Patty's daughter Suzanne said that Patty was a super outgoing person that loved to look pretty. She always had her hair done, nails done. Very classy lady. She had a good family, good home life, and she was 16 years old when she started cleaning the house for her future husband, 34-year-old divorced Ralph Otto. Patty was super excited to get married and have a family, and by the time she was 18 and graduating high school, Patty and Ralph Otto got married in 1970. They had two children together, Natalie in 1971 and Suzanne in 1973. Before Ralph married Patty, his father died, and so he took on the role of the man in the house and he turned to drinking to cope and then he married I think she was 14 years old and he was 17 and then they divorced years later so he had a rough life too but Patty was a stay-at-home mom until she actually left Ralph and moved out in December 1975 to go back to school and get a degree so she could have her own money to support herself and her children Patty told people she was getting her degree so she could leave him so those two they had not the best relationship and they would file for divorce but never go through with it. But on August 31st, 1976, Patty got home from night classes and picked up her daughters from their grandma's house and put Natalie and Suzanne to bed downstairs, which Suzanne noted was unusual because their bedroom was upstairs, and Suzanne believes that they put them to bed downstairs because there was going to be a fight between Patty and Ralph, so Patty didn't want them to see or hear anything. But at this time, Natalie is only five years old and Suzanne is three, and being only three years old, Suzanne hears crashing upstairs, so she sneaks upstairs to see what is going on, and she sees her dad hit Patty, and then Patty hits him back and then Suzanne sees her dad Ralph grab her mom Patty by the throat lifts her and drug her outside. Suzanne then ran downstairs to her big sister and told her you know like I'm scared so Natalie's trying to comfort three-year-old little sister Suzanne and the two girls then went to bed later on but Patty was never seen again after that night. And how old was the other one? The one was three and yeah Suzanne was three and Natalie was five so Patty was never seen again, and she was only 24 years old when she went missing. She was last seen wearing a white top and red pants. Remember the pants. Okay. And then she was 5'3 and 140 pounds, blonde hair, hazel eyes. Suzanne remembers the next day her dad was in a big hurry to leave the house. He was like, come on, hurry, like, let's get your shoes on. And um, they drove across the river to his friend's house named Bonnie. And Suzanne remembered asking Bonnie, like, are you going to be my new mom? Because Suzanne remembers that her father said on the way to Bonnie's that mom's not coming back because she doesn't want to be a mother anymore. That's sad. I know. So... She believed that her mom just up and left, like she was not coming back. So Ralph Otto took his daughters to Patty's sister's house, Alice, later in the day, and Ralph told Alice that there was a big fight and Patty took off last night, so he's going to look for her. Instead of looking for Patty, Ralph went out to dinner with a woman named Bonnie. Ralph did not look for Patty at all, although her family believed Ralph looked for Patty for years until a police report came out later. Before the big fight between Patty and Ralph, Ralph actually went to a bar around 4 p.m. looking for a guy named Randy who had a short affair 
there with Patty. Ralph went to the bar with a pistol with the intent to get pretty physical with this guy, Randy, and when the people were like, uh, what do you need? (laughs) Can I help you? Yeah, and, um, he, like, bent his jacket with the pistol, and he's like, I have something to give to Randy, and they're like, okay, well, let him know you came. What the fuck? (laughs) I have something to give to. And so, the police were called and told Randy to probably leave town for a while, but Randy was never looked at as a suspect because he didn't really play a role in Patty's life despite the short affair. So, this gives insight on Ralph's mindset on the day Patty disappeared, so he was, like, he was just pissed off not seeing him. Yeah, super jealous, whatever. So, two months later, Ralph was sitting in a bar saying to the bartender, Oh, the police department won't stop harassing me. They're always asking questions, asking where Patty is. I just want to get rid of them. And the bartender says, Well, if you want to get rid of them, I know one. I know someone that can help you with that. To get rid of the police? Yeah. Okay. But the bartender, as well as majority of the community, believe Ralph did kill Patty. Oh, okay. So, the bartender was like, Well, let's set him up and see if he really wants to kill a police officer. Gotcha. So Ralph says, all right, bring him here. I got the money. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking idiot. Yeah. So they set up a meeting for the next day and the bartender calls the police department. So they send an undercover cop. So the undercover cop comes pretending to be a hitman and Ralph gives him money to kill Captain Ayler. But then he tries to arrange two other murders as well at, when he's talking to the undercover cop. For who? more policemen i think Uh-oh. but the undercover cop was like i don't know if hitmen take more than one person. <laughs> it's not like a buy one get one yeah free so he was trying to just stay focused on captain ayler so they could at least get him charged with that so ralph otto was then charged with attempted murder two months after patty's disappearance unrelated to her disappearance though and was sentenced 10 years but served a little shorter than four years but ralph actually took the case to the supreme court saying it was entrapment and he got his case over but i mean that's how they catch i know men but then i heard because suzanne was the one that was talking about it in a podcast that i listened to and she said that now they do that all the time like entrapment but back then it wasn't like a common thing for them to go and use like an informant or something you know what i mean weird yeah so he got his case overturned and was released in 1982 and returned back to lewiston but during those years he only saw his daughters once while they stayed with ralph's sister oh yeah and classy yeah and suzanne said like her relationship with him was like consisted of letters and that was it these poor children I know. It's that breaks my heart. But then within a couple of months, took his daughters back home in 1982, but he turned to drinking and he couldn't take care of his daughters, so he took them back to his sister's house. And then within a couple of months, Ralph was picked up on a theft charge for a chainsaw, I believe. A chainsaw? Yeah. And um, he actually died within an hour of police custody. He died? Yeah. How? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll get into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so. He died within police custody in 1983. So, Natalie was 12 years old and Suzanne was 10 at this time. So, Ralph's sister and Patty's sister actually fought in court for full custody over Natalie and Suzanne, but Ralph's sister won and Patty's sister and grandparents got visitation. But if they ever brought up Patty, they would never see Natalie and Suzanne again. Hmm. And there was one time that I believe it was Patty's sister, I'm not sure, asked uh, Natalie, like, hey, what did you see that night? Do you remember anything? Because... Like the night that she went missing or whatever? Because they're the only two witnesses of the night their daughter disappeared, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And, but I guess Natalie just started crying, and that's when they said, if you bring them up again, you can't see them. That's so sad. I know. 
So, years later, Natalie and Suzanne were able to actually read the case files of Patty and Ralph Otto. Suzanne, like a lot of us, believes that Patty did not walk out that night. Ralph never looked for Patty like he must have had something to do with Patty's disappearance. While Natalie actually believes her father had a suspicious death. Natalie actually went to the Idaho State Police, got an attorney to open a wrongful death investigation. Which, that's wild to me. If, like, they remember what happened to their mother. Yeah. And then... And Suzanne said that uh, Natalie and their dad were a lot closer than Suzanne and her dad. Well, because Suzanne was the only one that saw the fight, right? So, I guess that would make sense. But her family would tell her, like, oh, that never happened because she was only three. So, like, she made it up in her mind. Which is not unreasonable. Yeah, but for a long time she thought she just imagined everything thing. I know. And during all this time, they still haven't found a body or anything. Okay. So, but Suzanne actually says that the autopsy of her father is very concerning because he's missing 11 patches of his body. His foot is degloved. Oh, so like the skin is ripped off yeah. of the foot? And, um... Don't ask me how I know that. I had no <laughs> idea what, how I knew what that meant. But his cause of the death was cardiac arrest. So, like, he just was under so much stress from whatever was happening that his heart just gave out. I know, but yeah, how does he that? lose his foot? I would probably imagine that it happened when he was alive, and that was where his heart attack probably came from. It's really... From what I understand... Let me Google it, because I'm pretty sure it means that, like, it's kind of like when you skin an animal, you're skinning... Hold on. Degloved. Oh, so yeah, the skin's off. Yeah. These pictures are gross. Okay, this is how I know it. Because have you ever heard if you're working with heavy machinery or like stuff like that, like you can't wear rings or things like that because it can catch and deglove your fingers. That kind of thing. Oh, okay. Well, so a lot of people thought that the police... No. 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 Back it up. (laughs) Anyway, what I meant... Was that people thought, like, he was on drugs. Oh. And it was, like, whatever. His system was, like, he was just tweaking out or something. But then people were like, well, how did... But everyone had to know he was in police custody. So they just tortured this man to death. Yeah, that's what people are saying, that he was tortured. Which is likely what it sounds like. Yeah. So, Suzanne... Not Suzanne. Natalie was more focused on finding the truth about her father's death, which is a little weird, because... uh, So... Did you read anywhere what they said in, like, an... I'm assuming an autopsy was done, and how that's how they figured out it was cardiac arrest. Yeah. So did they say... Because they have to mark if it's, like, suicide or natural death or, like, whatever. Did they mark that it was a suspicious death? No. Oh. But, I mean, but... they're probably working with the police. Lewiston's a very small town. Yeah. So they're probably all working. Well, and they all probably knew that he was most likely... Right. That's weird that they wouldn't say it's a suspicious death because i mean even in all of these it says that he died in police custody yeah, like within an hour of being in police custody but like a lot of people believe that it was a suspicious death even suzanne said it's the autopsy is very concerning this says that he died of natural causes so they're saying it was a natural cardiac arrest the fuck yeah but his foot was degloved in shit and he was missing 11 patches on his body. Like, patches of skin? Mm-hmm. So they literally just tortured this man to death. So 100% the town was working, which I can see, because yeah. Lewiston is tiny. I mean, I mean, it's not as small as here, but... No way in hell it's small. No. <laughs> but Suzanne... She... Yeah, so like... Excuse me, sorry to interrupt. So yeah. the last, the most recent census, Lewiston's 32,000. So that's pretty small. Well, 
and Suzanne, because Natalie and Suzanne, like, kind of, that's when they kind of started to distance, because they both, Suzanne believed their dad was responsible for their mom disappearing, but Suzanne, Natalie, Jesus, (laughs) Natalie was like, no, dad died wrongfully. Which he did, and I don't discount that, and I don't believe that they should have taken it into their own hands. Like, he should have, justice should have been served. Mm Mm-hmm. So I can see both sides of that, but... Yeah. Well, and Suzanne, she even says, she's like, it's sad that he passed, but he didn't die in innocent No, 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 not at all. But in 2007, actually, was it 2007? Hold on. Oh, 2006? It's either 2006 or 2007, but Natalie actually passed away. Natalie? Yeah, and her husband and her son. They were, had an accident, I think, I believe it was on a boat. Oh. Um... So Suzanne was like the only living, remaining living person in her family trying to search for answers. That was horrible. Yeah. And Suzanne's had a really tough life. And so she said that's why she's so invested in finding the truth about her mom's disappearance because... That's literally all she has to live for. Yeah. Like that wound has been open since she was like three years right. old. Yeah. But so does she have her own family Suzanne? Now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she has, I don't know how many kids, but she, yeah, she's married and she has a couple kids, but yes. And so her father died. Her mom's disappeared. They actually buried an empty casket for her mom. Right. Because I think after so many years, they have to declare them dead, right? Mm -hmm. So she's been missing for as long as mom's been alive. Like 45 years? 46. Is mom 46 now? Shut the fuck up. Dad's 45. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because mom's like... You're welcome, mom. I thought you were younger. No, I just have a horrible memory. Yeah, mom's 46 and dad's 45. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So, because she went missing in 76. Oh, damn. Yeah. But she, she was 24. So, very young. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, but anyway, years later, Suzanne was scrolling through social media when she found an unidentified image of a woman and she, like, stopped in her tracks because the face she sees, like, staring back at her is hers. Could you imagine that? Uh, I literally just got crazy. chills when you said that. I know, it's fucking wild. Oh. So the Finley Creek Jane Doe was found three and a half hours from Lewiston, Idaho, in the woods, just like Suzanne Patty Otto's daughter. Redo that whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Back a rope. So the Finley Creek Jane Doe was found three and a half hours from Lewiston, Idaho, in the woods, and looks just like Suzanne Patty Otto's daughter, a 5'3 Caucasian female between 15 and 24 years old, wearing a white blouse and red pants. The same description. I literally have chills. I know it's oh fucking crazy. Oh my gosh. Crazy. The same description of Patty Otto. So she was killed and dumped probably all in that same night. Mm-hmm. Then. For sure. The fact that they could even still identify her and she wasn't so badly decomposed. I'll show you the picture. It's insane. But it's crazy that it was only three and a half hours from Lewiston. Right. Which probably was primarily traveled by the river. Mm. Like, I doubt he drove out three and a half. So this is the Jane Doe. Okay. That's Suzanne. Oh, that literally looks just like her. Isn't that insane? That's almost like eerily. Just like Like, that's creepy. Almost. The nose, the eyebrows. The nose is identical. That's what's creeping me out the most. Holy shit. That would scare the shit out of me. I know, especially just scrolling through Facebook, like, mindlessly. That'd make... That, I, I feel like I'd probably throw up, honestly. Yeah. Well, can you imagine? No, I Being, really can't. Like, I don't know. If, God forbid, something were to happen to mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I couldn't even imagine that feeling. I, I don't want to imagine that feeling. Pants. I would literally shit my pants. <laughs> My whole body would just shut down. Everything's just excavating, or not excavating. <laughs> <laughs> excavating. 
my body excavated. <laughs> excavated. Did some hard construction <laughs> up in there. I don't even know what the fucking word I was just trying to look for. Whatever. Excavated. My body is just shutting down. <laughs> it would shut down. Fuck. That would be wild. I don't even know. I know. Well, anyway. So tune in for part two for Suzanne's journey of justice of her mom's disappearance. They actually just had a... A uh, walk for Patty's birthday. I think she turned. Oh, was that the walk you were talking about earlier? Yeah. Oh, it was her seventieth birthday. They did a walk. Oh wow, that's a lot of people. Oh, I got I chills all over again. That's gonna make me cry. I know. I couldn't imagine. That's crazy. I know. So anyway, tune in for part two. Okay. <laughs> you can email us at sinistersofatalks at gmail.com and you can follow us on Instagram at sinistersofatalks. Please leave us a review and email us with any recommendations or your own cases you would like to see us cover. We would also love to read your sinister stories, whether they are true crime, murder involved, spooky, or anything of the sort. Just put in the title line of your email, sinister stories, and what your zodiac sign is and we'll read those correlating to what zodiac dates we're currently Thank you so much for listening and catch us on the next one. Mm.